ridiculous. Hello everyone, welcome to Around the Course Squash Podcast. With me as ever, Stuart Crawford and Christopher Sackley. How are you doing, fellas? Help it the morning. Huh? <laughs> early start for you boys, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, bright and early. Got my coffee and berries, ready to rock. Pod life, never a bad time to record. Yeah, I mean, it feels early for me and I'm six hours ahead of you, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the Egyptian Open coming up, fellas. What do we think? Who's our money on? Are we going, going straight in that early? Oh, <laughs> predictions right off the bat. No, man. <laughs> well, well, maybe, maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll have a quick review before we get into uh, who we think is going to be successful and why. I was going to say, are we going to start with our winners and work our way backwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other way didn't work. The, the conventional way didn't work so well for me personally. Anyways, last week, so I just thought maybe a different approach might help my predictories. Hey. Yeah, I've, I've thought long and hard about my winners for this, so I'm ready to go straight in with my predictions if you want, but, or we can save it to the end. <laughs> well, let's let's have a quick review of the first couple of rounds. There's 16 players, eight on each side, that have had the benefit of playing an extra three at least competitive matches leading into this event, which I personally think is going to be a big advantage. Yeah, I think so too, especially given that they've had sort of five days to a week break. I think if it was back-to-back and there was only a day or two between events, it might have been an issue. But I think having that week, it would be interesting to know how many of the players uh, stayed in Egypt. I actually saw something from Rosner, I think, on social media saying that he was travelling back to Egypt, which suggests that he'd gone back to Germany and then was going back out to Egypt, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I, I would have assumed most of the players would just stay over. Could be wrong. Yeah, I think uh, I saw Joel staying with uh, the Sobi family in Egypt. Um, looked like they were training and staying together. Um, yeah, I wonder. I just wonder how challenging it is to uh, to get back and forth with flights and stuff, right? If you need, I don't know, if you need tests before you leave as well. But yeah, to go home for four days, if you need to get another test and worry about that, because I, I think. I can't remember who it was I saw. I want to say it was an English player who um, couldn't, the test didn't come on time or something for her flight and she couldn't make it. Gutted. Um, yeah. And then obviously a couple guys um, tested positive this week for, so those are some of the first we've heard of, right? Um, it's Diego and Greg in the first event, I think was more of a precautionary uh, pullout. So, yeah, I mean, this is gonna. This is what. Um, this is what's happening in sports, right? I mean, the NFL is having some big outbreaks, and uh, everyone, you know, it's the sports media is kind of having a field day with it because it's a lot to talk about. But players and coaches are like, we knew this was gonna happen, you know. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, we can't really form a bubble because it's just not that type of league. Um, so we knew this was going to happen and we got to deal with it. And I think, you know, the PSA probably knew they were going to get a positive test if, if they started resuming. So, um, and they probably knew that there might be some travel, travel mess ups, right. With people not being able to, to get over borders and whatnot. So I guess it's just, you move on with who you have. <laughs> you certainly do, man. Arthur's chomping at the bit to get in. <laughs> Give him an invite. 
You're gonna start, up. start letting anyone in if people get sick, Arthur. You'll be you'll be back. That's it. I'm I'm back training. <laughs> Six days in, living it, living the dream. Just just give me the call up, coach. Go on. <laughs> Speaking of positive tests, the uh, so the Irish football, the playoffs for the or the playoffs, semi-finals for the playoffs. I guess for qualification for the European football so- soccer championships was uh, last night. Stuart, you're a happy man. I'm sure you probably didn't even see it or were even was even aware of it, but I'll let you know, Scotland are one match away from qualification. I am aware of that, surprisingly. I am um, surprised. It must be a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. What's even more surprising is that the last time Scotland qualified for a World Cup or a European Championship was the 98 World Cup in France, and I was actually there. And I don't think I've been to a football match since. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's great news. Maybe you'll turn up next year. Yeah. You might still be in Italy then. No, end of the month, I think we're we're going to leave. Oh, sad times. So, <laughs> Anyways, Ireland yeah. lost. Should we get on to the Egyptian Open though? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What draw do you want to start with? Let's go women's to start. I've sort of picked out a few highlights from each round based on seedings and potential matchups. First round for the women... There isn't an individual match that stands out, but one of the things I love about these tournaments is just seeing, especially when they're held in Egypt, these young Egyptians that have got in as well cards or just been given spots because in this case, it doesn't seem like there's as many players willing to travel or able to travel to fill the draw the way you would expect. So there's three or four really exciting young Egyptians that I'm quite excited to see. Probably for most listeners, this will be the first time they'll have seen them unless they've Watched, watched or followed the British Junior Open potentially um, but yeah there's a couple of them that stand out uh, So who would be your pick of the young Egyptians? So there's a girl who won the under 17 British Junior Open called Sana Ibrahim yeah. I think she'll, she'll be quite an exciting talent to watch there's an even younger girl uh, called Salma Al Tayeb. Yeah think- she's She's a baller. I watched her play in, in England this year. Yeah, don't think she's related to Noor, but um, her first round, she plays Sabrina Sobey. Don't okay. expect her to beat Sabrina or necessarily challenge her that much, but she's she was only, I think she's 15 or 16. She won the British Junior Open under 15 a year and a half ago. So she's wow. another exciting prospect. Uh, Yana Shiha was. Whoa, whoa, did you say she's fifteen? No, yeah. she'd be a little older now, right? I think she, I watched her. I definitely watched her play under seventeen. She was under seventeen this year, but she had yeah. won the under fifteens last year. Wow! So she she was only fourteen a year and a half ago, so she could be sixteen by now. But aye, aye, aye. Uh, Yana Shiha was someone who was runner up at the British Junior. Uh, the World Juniors, I think, last year. I think she lost in the final to Hanya, and we've all seen what she's managed to go on and do. So yeah. she's another exciting prospect. Um, and probably the final one who isn't quite as unknown is Farida Mohammed, who had a pretty impressive run to, I think, the last 16. She beat Joelle King. Um, Chris, you probably know her quite well because her sister plays at Columbia, and I believe she's also going to. Columbia, yeah, Columbia Lion. She, Ooh, uh, big she, she, uh, yeah, obviously she'd she'd be here. Um, she'd be here if it wasn't for uh, 
the pandemic. But yeah, really excited to see her play. I mean, she I I went down to um, the Carol Weimuller in Brooklyn last year and, and watched her play. Uh, she I watched her beat Alex Fuller there. Um, yeah, she you you know she she reminds me a little bit of like a Gohar because she she hammers the ball um, and she attacks from everywhere. So she's pretty exciting, pretty exciting to watch. Nice. So what do we, so Any- what do we got? Uh, what do what do you guys got then coming through? Well, I mean, looking ahead to the second round, some pretty competitive matches. The one person you didn't mention, Stuart, I don't think, unless I ignored you, um, Rowan El Arabi, and she'll take on if she gets. I think she'll get through, and she'll play Gohar, which will be a good one. She obviously, yeah, I, I think, I think she won two world championship, two world junior championships over Hania. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I didn't mention her. I, I kind of feel like she's a bit more established than the ones oh, I didn't. Yeah, no, she she is. For she's sure. already top twenty in the world, so she's been. A lot of people have probably seen her already. Yeah, it's it's so hard. It's so hard to predict a match like that because I mean, she is she's someone who can. I think similar to, she hasn't had quite the uh, you know the success Hania has, but she's she's a player and and Gohar. Um, you know, it's going to feel, I think, feel that, uh, that trouble. But it's just hard to predict uh, an upset when you haven't seen anyone play in uh, seven months over, over the world number one. How do you think Goa is going to fare out this week, fellas? I, I think she'll be better this week. I think some of the weight of expectation of playing last week uh, and also just not having been on court playing matches seemed to get to her. Yeah. Um, when we get to, I've got her down as making the semis, um, at which point I think she comes up against either Hanya or Camille, who play in the quarters again. No, there's um, got to be a glitch in the matrix there. That That's literally every single draw, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and again, oh, and again. <laughs> I think they, that's how they do the draw. They just put them in the same section and then they draw the rest of the players around that. <laughs> Oof, it's a big one. Okay, I'm I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've got. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to sh- shout shout out to the Canucks in the draw. We got Holly Knott and Danielle Eterno and Nicole Bunyan representing Canada. Um, I've got Hania coming through over friend of the program Tesney Evans. Um, I think Camille's going to get through, and I'm going to take. Camille Serm to avenge her losses. Um, we, you know, just after speaking, after hearing her talk and stuff, I just think she's such a pro has a, a team around her. That's going to be like game planning, you know, every step of the way and, and, and re- researching what happened in the last couple of losses. Um, so I'm going to take Serm to beat Hania, Serm to beat Gohar, Serm to beat Sherbini for the title. Oh, 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 oh. Straight have it. in like Flynn. There huh? you have it. Look at this guy. <laughs> That's a tough run. That is a brutal tough run. run. Tough run, but you got to make tough predictions in this game. But to be fair, I mean, no matter who you look, everyone's got to got to win. I mean, everyone's pretty tough. I mean, if you look at Sherbini, say it's going to seedings, Sherbini to play Joel. Then if she wins. No, I think she plays SJ in the quarters. Oh, there you go. Yep. 
So just as tough, like Shabini to play Sarah Jane, then to play Taya, then to play Kimi or Hanya or Gohar. I mean, that's... Yeah, we've been talking all uh, all spring, right, about how great this uh, it's like women's top eight, top ten is. Just exciting, exciting big matchups every week. Yeah. Okay, who you guys got? Go so stop I'm, stalling. Stop stalling. I'm going to go Sherbini overall for the win. Um, I know she stumbled out of nowhere last week, um, but I don't think she's going to make the same mistake again. Um, I think she's going to play Joelle in the semis. I think Joelle is going to have an upset win against Tayeb in the quarters. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You were, I mean... Is, is that because you didn't get the win last week? <laughs> she let me down once and that's me done with her. <laughs> Reckless. Um, and then in the top half, the final of the top half, as we say on the show, I'm going to go for Gohar against... I kind of agree with you, Chris. I think Camille's got a really good team around her that will be planning that and have figured out what they need to do. So I'm going to go Gohar against Camille in that semi. And I think... Gohar's going to bounce back and make the final, but then lose to Shabini. There we go. I mean, I, I think Hanya, I mean, this case for argument for everyone, that's the beauty of it. I'm going to go <laughs> for Hanya to win the top half <laughs> <laughs> and Shabini to win the bottom half. I mean, I don't really want to go. I, like, I would say Shabini, if Stuart didn't call it, that's the benefit of going second. I don't really want to agree with you, even though I agree with you. <laughs> so I just just for just to create a bit of banter between the boys, I'm gonna say Hanya. Oh the, the old way. that's that's the old Stuart Crawford move there. Yeah, exactly. What I was <laughs> you thinking. can't be wrong now. <laughs> as long I as, would have said as that, long as but... those two make the finals, you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'll, I'll back Anya and if she loses, she loses. That's fine. She did I mean, just win the that... win the world tour finals, Yeah, it's not so. like it's uh, <laughs> not like a dark horse. It's not yeah. Like a, you know, shooting blind. Um, and what about the men's show? Similar to what Stuart was saying with the women, I I'm excited to see um, excited to see some of the young guys. Uh, Mustafa El Serti watched him play at the British Junior Open this year. He won it. He's um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Mustafa Saul because he's just like you know a monster of an 18 year old. He's a big, strong kid. Not not built quite as thick as uh, a Saul, but um, He's got a professional body, uh, obviously coming up against a savvy vet in Nikki Mueller, but I think that's going to be a fun one. I, I want to check that one out. And then um, Leo Cardenas, uh, uh, Mexican kid who's probably, you know, 20, 21. I watched him play a ton growing up at Can- Canadian U.S. Junior Opens. He's, uh, I think he was one of, the, one of the top finishers on, like, the Challenger Tour. Um, you know, he's up against uh the savviest of vets Wilstrop, but um still kind of fun 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 guys to watch that you don't necessarily always see in these big events. Um yeah, and then excited to see like some of these for uh big guys coming out for the first time. You got good matchup with Miguel and, and Goche. Uh Goche's gotta get through potentially Borja or Ober, but um and uh, same, like Miguel's got Lucas Sermer, Ben Coleman, but um, those two couldn't match up in their first event back. And then I'm excited to see what uh, how Mustafa Saul's looking. He's a beast. 
Yeah, I... You know, I'm actually going to call a quick upset. I think Lucas Serm is going to is going to upset the apple cart. I'm calling he's going to get through Ben Coleman, and assuming he does, I think he's going to get through Rodriguez. Yeah, he's he's a good player. Yeah. I watched him play live at uh, Grand Central last year and was very impressed with how he's developed. I just I just think he's kind of been knocking on the door. He's had a couple of close four setters, five setters, and the more he gives himself chances against players of that. Um, yeah, I just think eventually he's gonna he's gonna make. I'm gonna call it this week, so excited to see that great mover. My other pick of the first round is Auguste and Tom Richards. Auguste, I like watching these young French players play. If if we're taking if we're taking dark horses, I might. Uh, I think I'm gonna call El Certi, the young guy, the young guy to take out Nicky Mueller. I haven't, you know. Not really any uh, any smart material to base that off, other than other than he's um, he's definitely got the physical presence and, and the skill to uh, to make the jump to the PSA. I haven't really seen him play since the British Junior Open, but he he's one of the guys that I think could uh, could make some noise over the next like eighteen months. Yeah, for me, I think um, two players that you mentioned, Chris Cardenas is. Guy I've seen a few times that I've always liked watching play. Strong, pretty physical. Him against Will Strop will be a real clash of styles and also experience versus youth. And another match that falls into that category is obviously uh, Borja Golan against uh, Aubert, who we saw at the Manchester Open. We were quite impressed against. Uh, I think he played Marwan and looked pretty good. So they're my highlights of the first round. Second round is where it gets really interesting. So some of the matchups to look forward to in the second round are Asal against Rosner. Great potential matchup there. Yeah. Um, Wellstrop, assuming he gets past Cardenas, which I think he will, against Joe Macon. Again, two world-class players playing in the second round of one of these events. It's pretty Repeated exciting. Repeated the national final as well. Yeah, where Wellstrop actually got an upset win over him. Yeah. Um, then you've got Dusuki against Tarek Momin. So, slightly disappointing week last week for Tarek, as we heard. Um, be interesting to see how and if he can bounce back against Dusuki, who is always pretty exciting to watch, whether he's playing well or not. Like, there's always fireworks in some form or other with him. Yeah. And then another player similar to that is Mazen Hesham, who comes up against Gawad in the second round. So there's four matches in the second round that are already pretty tasty. Tasty. Disappointing thing for this event is there's uh, there's no glass court coverage or there's, there's no use of the glass court until round three, last 16. So all of those matches will be on regular plaster courts at the club. I think I think PSA are planning to stream two of the courts. I'm not sure if those matches take place on those two because I think they're using four courts, but only two of them are being covered. Um, and then in round three, you have so the winner of the Macon Wellstrop match will play the winner of the Rosner Asal match, which again could be a great battle. And you also, assuming that your prediction of Serm upsetting Rodriguez isn't right, you'll have Gautier potentially against Rodriguez in round three. Mm. But yeah, lots to look forward to. Okay, we're ready to call it. We're ready. Let's do it. So, so we going, let's change the order. I'll take I'll take first digs this time. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to call 
So in the top half of the draw, Ali Farag to get through to the final of the top half. Of the top and half. Of the top half. Yeah. I'm actually going to, I mean, on the back of last week, it's not necessarily a shot in the dark again, but I'm going to call Joel Macon to get through that tough little quarter that he's in and also to to back up his win last week against Paul and to make semis. With So that's the final of the top half with Farag to come through. Uh, and then in the bottom half, oh man, it's tasty. So tough. I'm going to call it Diego Marwan with Marwan getting through. And I'm going to call an Ali Farag win. I think it'll be third time lucky. I also have a feeling that uh, Ali's going to bounce back and win this week. Not sure why, but he's not... I mean, last week he was the only person that really pushed Marwan close, so he's obviously playing well. Um, and twice now he's just missed out against Marwan, so he's not far off. Uh, so I think he'll play... I think Paul's going to have a better better week this time. So I think Farag will play Call in the top half semi. Or sorry, top half final. Yeah, I was about to correct you. Um, <laughs> Top half semi is also obviously the quarters. <laughs> um, and I agree with you on Diego. Um, I think he looked like he was playing well. He obviously had issues with the court in one of his matches last week. But apart from that, he looked really good. And I think Gawad is going to get revenge on Marwan, which is quite a big call considering how comfortably Marwan won that match. Um, but I think Gawad is good at not being phased by things like that and just bouncing back. He's also unbeaten at the pyramids and this will be his third time playing there and he's won two previous times. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, I thought I was maybe going to be the only one, but I picked Ali both event one and event two. So I'm going to pick Ali. The law of averages are in your yeah. favor, big man. Um, I'm going to ride him. Uh, I I do I have Diego coming through on the bottom half as well, uh, and I think we'll see Marwan and Gawad um, in the top. I'm gonna take this will be where I maybe uh, this will be where I diverge from you guys. I'm gonna take Assal to take out Rosner and Macon back to back. Whoa! I think if he gets through one, he'll get through both. If he gets through none, I'm very wrong but I'm hedging with a Paul Cole win in that side of the draw anyway. Um, so that'll uh, line up Ali and Paul and uh, Marwan and um, Marwan and Gwad, I think will be the semis. And I see, uh, yeah, I see, you know, as much as you guys give me crap for bagging on Marwan, I think, um, I think he looked even better last week than he did two weeks ago. And I, I think he's going to be tough to beat. Gawad's obviously a guy that can do it, but I'm going to call Marwan. And, uh, yeah, Ali, this will – if he doesn't get me this win, I'm going to have to switch it up next tournament. So, come on, Ali. Stop yeah, making me look bad. It's, it's, it's like the person you see at the slot machines in Vegas. <laughs> and they keep on putting quarters in there. And then the minute they leave, you know, some, some clown comes in, puts in one quarter. His last quarter just happens to be in a skyrocket. And you thought, well, I might as well put it in there. Boom, million dollars. That was, that was what you guys tried to do to me. I'm not going to let it happen. <laughs> Hang in there, bro. Hang in. <laughs> Chris, you do realize that Marwan plays Gawad in the quarters, not the semis. Oh, no, the semis are the bottom half. The semis oh, yeah. the bottom half. Come on. Yeah, come on. Bro. Um, Stick with the course. 
And then, and then who else was there? Because Diego and Tarek were the two seeds in the, the other section there. Oh, so I have uh, Diego coming through to play uh, to play Marwan. Sorry, my notes were I'm, my notes are on my iPhone. It's not the it's not the most professional. I still I still have the right person coming through the the bottom of the bottom half. Does the job. <laughs> All right. Well, it's going to be a great week of squash lined up. So look forward to seeing that. Anything more to add, fellas? Not for me. World squash day tomorrow, actually. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Happy squash day. Happy squish. I'm going to play golf. <laughs> Support the sport. Do whatever you can safely. Socially, distantly, with a mask. I'll, I'll think about squash while I'm playing golf. Does that count? It's all about the hips, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, happy squash day. Happy squish. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day, fellas. And world. Have a wonderful day.